Hello there. Hi, ma'am. How are you today? I'm I'm quite well. Um, it's a lovely day out, even though this weather is not going to last very long. Um, no. I've got, gotten a lot of work done. It's Ohio. It never does. I know. I know. But a couple of weeks ago, when it was 80. That was nice. Um, it I, was. I get to talk to one of my favorite Jew wannabe friends, Mary Bill Jew. <laughs> it feels like ages, like like millennia since I've talked to you. I believe it's been a month. But it seems longer. I don't know. Why Are, are you in Jew time now? I'm always. I run ten minutes late. Standard. Is is that a is that a thing? I didn't know. I didn't know that we were we had our own time like uh, some other some other things. It's it's funny because because um, we've had some. The federation has had some uh, very lovely events recently, and I've been told that people started coming early, like even as much as like thirty to forty five minutes early. And I'm like. When when did this happen? When when did I miss the we get there too early instead of ten minutes late memo uh, somewhere somewhere along the line I missed that. Is it because they're so popular? People just want to get in and get their spot and whatnot. That could very well be. I'm going to give it that. But I still run ten minutes late no matter how good the program is. How's that? <sighs> well, I I'm glad that we never hang out together, and I'm just finding this out because I am a chronic early arriver and. When I get there like 12 minutes early and you're 10 minutes late, it makes me feel like I'm waiting a lifetime and I just get very frustrated. Yeah. But at least now I know that I'm early. It, I, I find it actually to be the same kind of flaw as arriving late. Like I could be, I'm not good with my time. I could be better with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's possible to be too early though. And I think my reaction is because my parents were people who, would leave like way, way early because instead of, you know, getting caught, you know, at a train stop or, or getting caught in construction and then saying, I'm so sorry, I'm late because they would anticipate every disaster that was possible and they would allow time for it. And, and you can get there then when it's too early. But I remember when you and I first met in the real world at Big Slice when we were doing cheap eats. And, and I could tell that, and I think I was close to being on time because I can really do it when it's important. And you, of course, were important enough to be on time for, but you had clearly already been there. And, and I think that kind of threw you. I, uh, I like to leave early so I'm prepared and on time. Now I also have for most of my life, um, I can't be late. Like if I'm working at, let's say I'm working at Target, um, Mm -hmm. there's other people there that can get things going. But for the most part, like I haven't had to be on the radio. Like we had a, so Megan and, uh, and Philip were notorious late arrivers for, for the old morning show. And I'm like, guys, Mm -hmm. like we, we start at like 545. If, If you're late, it's not like something else. Um, but yeah, it's dead air. It, it could be, it could be, um, but it, it was. It's always been a different kind of job than many, many places. Um, like if people are waiting to go in at nine a.m. and nobody's there, um, yeah, it's a, it's a little different because yeah, those people are upset. But if the radio show that people tune in for is not properly on the air, then you know we have an issue. But I've always worked that in, right. and I often, being the time snob that I am, like. <laughs> 
I, I often don't like fall for, or I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear, well, there was traffic or there was an accident or especially when like there are often accidents like air quotes. Yeah. Um, I, ra- I ran into one yesterday on my way home. And then again, this morning on my way to work and had to sort of, you know, reroute myself in order to get around it rather than getting stuck in it. So yes, it, it does happen. It, it happens a lot. It does. It, it does. Then you should factor. I will. I will scold you now. You need to factor that into getting to work or wherever you have to go on time because you, you know, there's accidents in, in the routes, and you know you got to work that into the time. But you know, even when I do leave early, thinking, all right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get out the door, and I'm gonna be early, and you know, that's when like the train comes across or whatever, like things that that I know happen, but that I don't anticipate. Well, that's on you. And, and, and you would say I should have left still yeah, earlier. Yes. But, yeah. but then I would have been there a half hour early and twiddling my thumbs or interrupting while people are trying to get ready. I, I don't. Which I don't, is its own form of rude. Right. I get it. I don't know how you, how your day goes, but I don't want to hear like you got stopped at a train. Like, did they just put the train there? Did you not know that the train tracks have always been there and that a train could come by? <laughs> well, true. But, you know, it's funny. There was one week. Um, a few months ago when I got stopped at three train tracks in a week and they are they are areas where I have never in the nine years I've lived here ever been stopped by a train. They caught up with So you. I don't know if they changed the schedules or what. Right. But, they caught up with you real very- fast. <gasps> Um, let me a- ask you this because you're a, a, a person that likes to attend a ball game. Um, how do you feel yeah. about sports fans leaving games early to um, beat the traffic? Um, I can sort of understand it, especially if their team is losing and they're disappointed. But, um, you know, particularly with baseball, I feel, um, although it can happen with football as well, you know, like every pitch is potential. And I actually was at a, a Tigers-Yankees game one time with family, and the Tigers were losing fairly badly, and it was, you know, getting late in the game. And everybody thought, all right, well, we'll just go, you know, beat the traffic, beat the crowd, all of this. And as we were winding our way around the stadium, you could hear that that the bases were getting loaded, and then somebody hit a home run, and the Tigers ended up winning. So, you know, you leave and you miss all that. You never know what's going to happen. You went to the game, have some fun. I will never begrudge anybody for leaving early when it looks like it's over. In fact, I, you described the situation that happened to me when um, I, my dad and I left early. And But you know what? I'm like, it's mm-hmm. it's a game in whatever, August on a Tuesday night. I mean, it's great that they won, but this is not something I, I, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Um, I am obviously extremely impatient, and especially football games. You- Oh yeah, yeah, me. You who who would guess? Um, I especially football games. I have left football games where it is nearly half as long as the game itself to get out of these parking lots. Um, so That's I very true. I will I will leave early, and then there's the people, whatever it might be. Even if there's like a good game on a Tuesday night, a Tigers Guardians game or something. Um, although baseball games are now under three hours, which is is absolutely is wonderful, they are. wonderful, it's made a but huge difference. The new rules, yeah. Um, 
games like we're we're in the sixth inning at nine fifteen on a Tuesday night. Like people have to get to school, people have to get to work. Um, so I'm I'm never a uh, if you're a real fan, you should stay. Well, I'm a real human being yeah. and I have a job, so I have to get to that in the morning. That's right. There's there's that life work game balance. Right. Um. I only had one thing I wanted to run by you. Um, when when you're on, really? we, okay. we we it's food stuff. Um, what's right. what's Mary making? W M M. But I want to know about this yeah. Jewish cookbook that you have picked up, oh, and you can you can share Ooh. some some of the things that you have <laughs> thumbed through and clearly slobbered on some of the pages already. Oh my lord! You know, I could talk to you for an entire hour about that. I, the woman I interviewed, June Hirsch, who wrote this this book, um, it's iconic New York Jewish food and its history and its recipes. And I literally talked to her for an hour. I I had like three questions. You know, I never wanted to impose. She was taking the time to to talk with me by phone, and we just kept talking. Like we both took the big deep dive. We had found a kindred spirit who was not going to be bored by the little nitpicky details like the water that makes the bagels in New York that we just, Oh, we had the best time. So you, you know, you're, you're in dangerous territory. So you're going to have to, to rein me in. I, I will. I will. Um, what, <laughs> what have you thumbed through and maybe uh, bookmarked or what are you excited to make out of this? And obviously this, this is uh, not visual. So you'll have to describe as you are so um, articulate and elegant, eloquent with your with your adjectives so give me some of the things you're excited for in the cookbook well it's more a history book with recipes than it is an actual cookbook so it tells the history um based in new york of all these different foods like when you think of new york jewish food what do you think of corned beef of course on rye bread of course what else Um, it's gotta be rye it's gotta be rye uh, yeah. I, I, you're probably going to jog my memory, but I don't know. I don't know. What else? Um, there are, um, the bagels, of course, okay. and the yeah. water does make a difference. Yes. Bagels. June told me that, um, a lot of times people think that it's just a myth that the water is important, but the Smithsonian, no less an authority than the Smithsonian has, has studied the minerals and the qualities of the water and said, that the water in New York City really does help to give you that sheen and to give you the chewiness in in the bagel that you can't get anywhere else. Yep. Um, there's bialis, something that many, many people don't know about because while a lot of foods made their way throughout the country, like you can get bagels here, you can get Rubens here, things like that, bialis are, are very much a, a specialty item. And they're sort of like a... Like if you had a smaller sized bagel and squished it down and instead of a hole in the middle, almost like the thumbprint cookies uh, where they have the jam in the center, what they have is little tiny bits of, of sauteed caramelized onions and poppy seeds and they're so good and you can't find them almost anywhere. I thought of two more. What's that? Uh, blintzes or however people pronounce it. I call it blintzes. Um, and, yes. and, and kugel. Kugel. Oh my God. I love kugel. Do you, now when you think of kugel, do you think sweet or savory? Savory. Um, 
we talked about this before. I it, it was yeah. whatever the whatever cheese is in there. I guess it's like the cottage cheese that's cooked. But my mom or Grammy's recipe was the top was well done. I like things well done, so it was it was super crispy and almost like a like lasagna, but in in Kugel style. Okay, yeah, because like they're. Hello. Hi, did I lost. you cut me off or did I cut you off? I didn't cut you off. I, <laughs> something happened. So, all right. So, uh, okay. we're back to Kugel. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, so I, I have found that people were raised with either sweet or savory. Like, not that they haven't had the other, but they have a very distinct vision that, that Kugel is either a potato Kugel or a broccoli Kugel. Um, and it's very much a, a savory casserole. And then there are others who think of the sweet version, which is like a, like sort of like noodles meat rice pudding that would be um, that would be the one sorry you're so much better describing these things i love kogo and did i ever tell you my story i may have um i have a friend um who's a, an amazing cook and caterer in ann arbor and her name is is amanda and she she knows that 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 her kogo is is my favorite and so Anytime she had it where I worked, when I worked at the synagogue, like we would hear, oh, we have a medical, and like everybody would go wanting to make sure that they got some before it ran out. And my boyfriend, Craig, he was up in Ann Arbor one time, and Amanda gave some to Craig's sister to give to Craig to bring back to me so that I could have a little taste of, of Kugel. And, and I love that story so much, and I love Amanda so much for it. Um, so... I, I made potato kugel over over uh, Passover, but if I hear the word kugel, I think of Amanda's sweet version with the noodles, and sometimes people put raisins and there's cinnamon sugar. Yeah. Sometimes people put pineapple. Like, you can really load it up. Is is your mouth watering right now? Or are you getting a little... Like... I, I'm thinking kugel for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, if not for dinner, then this weekend. Are, oh, my God. Are, I haven't had it in ages. Are blintzes considered like a Jewish food? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it's funny because in this book, which is so beautifully well-researched, and it's, and it's not one of these just sort of rote recitations of history, um, there, there are pictures of food. There are stories of, of you know, like Yona Schimmel's, um, you know, Kanishiri and the old day. Oh, my God, again? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. They're all, you know, people's people's diets, the neighborhood demographics, everything changed. The delis are are, are fighting for survival. Your um, your phone's being a little your weird. Deli alive. Mary, 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 your food your phone's being a little yeah. weird. I thought I had lost you again. Oh. I I'm not even touching it. I don't know. Uh all right, well keep keep going. If I've got to call you back, I will. Okay. Um so so the June has a lovely sense of humor and a lot of fun, and she knows she's writing about something that people love. Wait, and in some case, I'm going to call you back. I'm going to call you back. Okay. I'm going to try again. What in the world? It it could be our phones. I'm not, I'm not hearing anything on my end. Uh, okay. Uh, let's let's keep on with these delicious. We we were going through blintzes. <laughs> oh man. Blintzes are amazing, but they're, people tend to not make them because they're a lot of work. First, you have to make the, the, the crepe, sort of like a, like a burrito. Then you have to fry it up. Like, people just don't want to go to all these steps. 
My mom would buy the pre-made kind, so I don't even I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, see, your mom was smart because because they they are a lot of work. That was a very sweet. Way. I have a recipe for a cookbook from a cookbook um, where it's a casserole. Like there's a version of a blends casserole where you can buy the pre-made ones and lay them in a pan, and then you pour like a custard over them. But I have one where you like bake sort of the. It, it's almost like three different layers that you you bake the bottom and then you add the middle and you bake it some more to set it and then you bake a top layer and it's more like like blintz filling blintz and then you cut it in squares to serve. Sounds delicious. Your and mom was smart to buy them pre-made. That's so nice of you to to spin it that way as opposed to my mom just not being a very good cook, which she was not. I I would not say it's got anything to do with the quality of somebody's cooking. It's got to do simply with just it's so time consuming and there's so many dishes and skillets and and you feel like a short order cook, you know, because you're you're making them and then somebody takes three and you're making them and somebody takes four and like you just keep making them and you can't keep up. What uh, what else in the book in the, in the book has jumped out to you? Um, of course, they they talked about pickles. They talked about kreplach, the little the little dumplings, little stuffed dumplings, sort of like wontons that you put in soup. Um, egg creams, the iconic New York thing, the egg cream that has neither egg nor cream because <laughs> it's it's chocolate syrup and seltzer. Um, let's see. Um, what was interesting? I I thought it was interesting that like pickles that you think of like the the delis with the barrels of pickles. And, like, if you go to an old-school deli, they'll ask if you want the old or the new pickles, depending upon whether you'd like the, the fresher, more cucumbery ones or the ones that are, like, like really laden with the, with the brine and the garlic and, and the salt. Um, and according to June's book, the Dutch had originally been pickling cucumbers um, way back in, like, New Amsterdam before New York City was New York City. Um, so, and bagels may have a relationship to to Italian uh, ring-shaped cookies. Uh, but what I asked June, what she thought was most surprising as she did her research, it was none of that. What she thought was most interesting was that all of these different ethnic groups, all these different groups of immigrants who had come to to New York City, to the United States to to, to seek a better life, they they interacted far more than we think. You know, you hear about clashes between groups, and this group didn't like the new interlopers who then didn't like the interlopers who came after them. You hear about these distinct neighborhoods, you know, like there was the Lower East Side with the Jews. There was Little Italy. But she said that, you know, the Irish were, were shopping at kosher butchers, and 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 the, the Jews were, were learning about cooking techniques from other from other groups and so she just she loved that it really was very much this big melting pot and all of it came together to create this this iconic Jewish, New York Jewish food how 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 long of a podcast do you think we could go on only pickles oh my lord i if you're talking like the the deli pickles, we could do a good long time. If you start branching out to pickles around the world, you know, like you think of the pickled turnips that we get at, at, you know, Lebanese restaurants, things like that. Oh my God, we could go for days. I was just thinking like straight up like of differences in pickles, but yeah, I, I, you're right. The, the, the pickle world is vast. It is. Absolutely. Um, and then make your own. 
there's quick pickles. Like there's there's all kinds of pickles. Let me add, let me. So slide. yes, that would be dangerous territory. <laughs> uh, let's wrap up with the book. Can people find it anywhere? Is is it available now? Um, uh, yes, it was published. I want to say last month. So you should be able to to look up your favorite local bookstore. Um, preferably one that's independently owned, like Gathering Volumes in Perrysburg. I love Denise Phillips, the owner of it, so I always like to, to give her a shout-out where I can, and you should be able to get it. If not, she or whatever other store you go to would, would um, order it for you. Excellent. But it's, it's, it's so much fun. It's uh, so much fun. I don't think I've asked you this, but we're moving into a different season. Um, what, what are the upcoming food trends as we hit spring and summer? Um, are you looking at, at like just what seasonal foods are coming up or what new food trends am I not paying attention to now that I don't have to? That, yeah. Like, let's say you were still married at the blade. <laughs> what would you be giving people a heads up on? Oh, I would have, I would have covered Passover. I would have covered Easter. I would have already done a Mother's Day story. But trends, um, like new, new, tr- new trends for, for this year. Um, so we can retire charcuterie boards and move on to something else. Well, the charcuterie boards are fun because they, they, they let you, you know, you have to plan for different people's dietary habits, needs, whatever. A charcuterie board really lets you let you, you know, to do that, but still make it fun instead of, oh, my God, this person, you know, with their this pickiness or that, that whatever, you know, you can, they, you can really adapt them and, and make them your own and, and make them um, fun for your guests as well. So um, I'm a little loath to call them charcuterie boards when they branch out into, like, bagels and cream cheese or desserts. Um, they're still just, like, snack boards maybe or bagel boards. But, but again, you take that same concept of sort of mixing and matching and letting people kind of play with their food a little bit. And so, yes, there are a lot of them out there. Wait, but I would say that they're still very useful, okay. especially as we're getting together, like for Easter or Passover, Mother's Day. And we're after the last few years of, you know, either not having gatherings or having very minimal gatherings or Zoom gatherings. People are getting together again. I mean, I heard it, you know, uh, I have friends who had two dozen people at their seders at Passover. Um, it's nice to have that kind of thing for entertaining. Um, you kind of dodged like my question. Like you're qu- tired of me. Right, I, I, not me, not me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to, to be ahead and I get bored of things quickly. I was never a charcuterie board person anyway. Um, I can just take cheese out of a package or meat out of a package. But are, are there any, and I know you're, 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 wired in differently now than than you were but do, have you seen or come across articles readings whatever um of upcoming food trends that people can look out for this spring and summer i feel like i have but i haven't really paid attention to them like okay. i remember mentioning to craig recently how nice it was that i didn't have to keep up with with tiktok which yeah. i've never been on and, and i abhor um just to try to keep up with what new either fun or stupid thing was going on. Um, so I feel like I have seen some things that, that, Oh, that's interesting. And then I moved on cause I didn't have to do, 
deal with it anymore. Totally understood. It is. So I apologize that I am failing your audience. No, no, no. You're totally fine. And I forgot, you know, people can just, if they want the food trends, they can just go look on TikTok. We are not active on there, so we're not tied into that, so we don't have it as quickly to spit it out. But uh, let me ask you this. How do you feel? Because doing, yeah. doing what I do, doing what you do, um, it requires being up on things. And I've got to re- remind myself that um, I, I I know more than the average person because I find that my, my job, my responsibility to disseminate things that I think people will enjoy, whether it's a new restaurant, uh, in addition to the Metro Park, whatever it may be. Like, I want to pass that along because people are so busy, they don't have time to follow that like I do as my job. How do you feel about having yeah. being able to disconnect from that, having certain parts of your brain matter regrow, knowing that you don't have to be that <laughs> wired in anymore? My, my, I feel like my brain is regenerating. Yeah. Um, because it's funny because when I, when I talk to people here, you know, inevitably the conversation seems to turn to food. And particularly, I work at a Jewish organization, so, so you know, there's there's always food. You know, every event, what are we planning for the menu? What are we serving for the food? Um, so everybody tells me, you know, every time I talk to you, Mary, I get hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, imagine what my last nine years were like. Because, right. you know, you get up and you look to see, are there interest? you know, first of all, I have my food stories to share on the days that they appeared. So I, you know, would share those, talk them up. Um, what other food stories are interesting that I might want to share or that I might want to learn more about? What trends are coming that I need to look at for other, for other stories, for upcoming stories? What new cookbook is landing in my mailbox or what new cookbook have I just read a review of that I want to get a publisher's copy, uh, you know, a review copy of? Um, you, you have to know what's going on on Chopped or whatever other ridiculous game show the Food Network has. Um, if there's a Toledo connection or an Ohio connection, you have to be sure you're watching that. Um, so, of course, last summer when, when Sugar was on the great food truck race with Maybe She's Born With It, that was so much fun um, to be able to watch and, and root for, for a Toledo win. But, again, it was you've got to keep up. You've got you've to know what's going on. And it was, like, literally – you know, every waking minute and probably even into my subconscious while I was asleep was always consumed with food, with stories, with trends, with ingredients, with, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to have it as a hobby instead of my life now. Good. Yeah. you. It's nice to untangle that. That's why I wanted to stop doing sports talk radio. It became too much work, too much of a job. It was too grueling. And not that I... Yeah. Now, yes, that's it. It takes the fun out of it. It really does. And that, that I wonder if other people can relate to this. And that's why I've really stepped away from when I was growing up in my 20s. It was like, uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, but your passion can become your punishment. There's a real fine line. Um, that's why, like, I applaud people who still do sports radio and, like, you know, the people that I listen to. Like, it's like, it's your job, but you also truly love this stuff and it's not grueling. It's not arduous. Like, you wish you could stay up all night and watch these things. Like, it was too much, it was too much work for me. It, it can become that. And, you know, when you meet somebody who makes, you know, who's an amazing baker, who makes beautiful cakes and amazing cookies and brownies that you just, you know, you want to lick the bowl, that kind of thing. What is inevitably people, people will inevitably say, oh, you should open a bakery or you should have a home-based business. And again, they, they have to consider, yes, I enjoy this. Yes, I'm good at this. Yes, I could make money at this. But is it going to take the joy from it 
if it becomes my work instead of my passion. You can probably give, you can probably rip off half a dozen examples of people that you've spoken to over the years who they probably still love what they do, what they've created, food truck, restaurant, but they probably have told you it's a lot of work. Like I wasn't expecting this. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. You hear it all the time. So don't open, All the time. don't open a restaurant. Don't start a podcast. You have nothing to talk about after the first episode. <laughs> um, well, see, that's it. You know, like you say, you know, you want to be able to share things. You want to, you know, in order to do your job and to be able to converse with people and find new, interesting people and topics, you have to be on this all the time. What's the new, you know, what's the breaking news? What's the latest headline? What new fun thing is opening? Like, it, I, I so get that for you. It's, it's constant. It's just a constant for you. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up. I don't want to spend uh, too much longer taking up your time. Do you have anything you want to run by me? Um, well, I had a couple of questions for you, but if I can take a couple of minutes to promote um, where I work, the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo, uh, WTOL had a story on last night's news. And it can be found on their website or on my Facebook page if anybody hits it up. Um, it's all about a grant from the Ohio Office on Aging that that Federation is participating in to see how technology can help to benefit um, the well-being of seniors and help them age better or in place. And so part of that has involved having um, the Amazon Echoes um, put placed into people's homes and teaching them how to use it for, you know, looking things up or medication reminders or whatever else they might need. But the really fun part has been that Tim Hagen, who is who is my office mate and who is coordinating this program, is taking virtual reality headsets, and they're not just for kids anymore. Uh, he's going into like the Kingston Care Center. Um, with people who are in their 80s and 90s, and he's got them uh, doing virtual reality trips and tours and, you know, trips through memory lane. And and it's keeping people active. It's keeping them engaged. It's giving them adventures so that even though they may be, you know, nursing home bound or wheelchair bound, you know, they have limits in terms of their age, their health, whatever, they can still go on these great adventures. And and so I think of them in terms of what they can learn and how much fun they can have. But in particular on this story, WTOL did such a lovely job with it. They interviewed an older man. I want to say he was like 98, and his wife has passed away. And I guess they used to talk about taking different trips, and they were just never able to. Health and life got in the way. But when he, he takes the, the, the trip with the VR program that Tim sets up, he feels like he's taking his wife, who's always in his heart, on these trips with him. And I'm starting to tear up because I just thought it was so sweet. And it was such an unexpected benefit of this program. So I think everybody needs to go to WTOL's website and look up that story because they did a great job and it's a fabulous program. I saw this story today and I'm like, why do I remember that? And now... I put the pieces together. We talked about this on on one of our calls with Ben. It was like a pilot program. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I kept thinking about and how it's just the, it's it's a it's a great program in so many ways. I wish somebody that and I and it's not just for the Jewish community, which is really nice too. For anybody that's that's old, 
um, and not so uh, not yeah. so much of a technophobe. Like my my dad's coming to visit on uh, this week because hey, I'm winning an award. Oh, on, I'm winning an award on Monday. Oh. So, so what? Uh, mental health advocacy. <gasps> Mazel tov, congratulations. Thank so you. well deserved. My friends uh, bullied me into getting my dad to come out. So he'll be here. And he and I have not spoken oh, a- I love that. as much as we do because it's incredibly hard to get him to answer his phone. He doesn't text. It's, it's, I'm like, what are you doing? You're retired. Um, you should have nothing but time yeah. to sit and wait for me to call. But yeah, I, it, it does irk me that, uh, he does not want to embrace certain things. So whatever. I'm used to it. No, I'm not, I'm used to it, but I don't like it. You accept it. I don't accept it. Um, it I, is what it is. We're playing word gymnastics. Um, what did you want to ask me? <laughs> I'm happy to answer your, uh, your, your inquisitions. Your inquiries. Um, well, I had seen on your page a post about what Toledo businesses are underrated, and I uh, thought that was a really intriguing question, and particularly the answers, because they were not the answers I would have given. Because the Reddit community is, forgive my French, a bunch of assholes. Um, and again, I had to stop. Really? Mis- <laughs> I, you really- <laughs> I have to show you a message that, that somebody sent to me. And again, I got to be careful there because you got some snarky people and it's like always like a one up thing. It's it's like Facebook message, Facebook comments. And yeah, you're I was almost going to bring this up with you. The idiocy and, and also like the I, I did this on the podcast the other day. I tried to be uh, diplomatic with the post. Again, going back to people are busy, but people also don't recognize how small the worlds they live in. So, yeah, they think Sidon is this massively underrated place that no one's ever been to before. Uh, (laughs) Because that was the one I was going to cite. Like, seriously, everybody I know knows it, loves it there all the time and like i just don't get that we're we're the other way like granted we have bigger orbits than most people because of what we do you still do um but we're in our own worlds and there are people who don't know these super popular places but if you wanted to be super objective about it like if there was like a, a, a rated council uh like how they pick college football teams and whatnot I would. I think you and I would both agree that uh, Sidon is a pro. I used to do a, ra- a game called the Rated Game, underrated, overrated, properly rated. And I think you and I would say Sidon is properly oh, like rated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. I will send you that link, and you. I will ask you to take the pens and pencils away from your eyes because you will you will lose all the brain matter that you have regrown. <laughs> Somebody put a home slice in there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, my Lord. Oh, that's so funny. It, it, it's but, more- you know, I, I mean, I guess that there's a certain amount of, like, are you downtown? Are you in Sylvania? Are you in Perrysburg? Like you say, you know, how wide is your is your circle? Are you somebody who goes to work, who takes your kid to soccer practice, you know, who goes home, who goes to church? And so you just don't get beyond? Because when I used to do cheap eats, um, we always tried to mix it up. Uh, in terms of cuisine and location and all this. And and I would get people who had, like, never heard of a place like Green Lantern that's been here, like, what, 90 years or something, um, or people who didn't know it was still open. 
So I get that there are different people um, who who have different experiences, but some of them like are just givens. You should know this, and you need to reorganize your life if you don't. I don't disagree. And you know, these so, <laughs> I'm going to guess some of these same people would be like, nobody is more Toledo than me. You think Home Slice is underrated? Get out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. let's wrap it up with that. I will send you that link. Okay, you can find oh, the har- the hardest whiskey you can find, and you and Craig can sit and laugh your asses off. I am. I look forward to that. Awesome. Well, we'll end how we always do. Please give Craig my best, and I will talk to you soon. Um, I will. Uh, Wonderful. And again, Mazel Tov, huge congratulations on the award. I am so proud of you. So happy to hear that. Now I can be in your world because you got a great award, too, from the Jewish Federation. Last year, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was deeply honored. Um, we should uh, we should pair them together and put them on eBay and see what we can get for them. I'm not parting with mine. We'll do, I don't know about you, but I'm not parting with mine. We'll do free shipping. Um, all right. All right. Um, <laughs> goodbye. I love you. Tell everybody there that I like that I said I, hi. I will indeed. Bye. <laughs> That's everybody, of course. No, it's, not, it's not everybody. Bye.